So on this episode, I am super excited to go back into our Let Go and Live Bible study. And I'm joined here with uh, my dear friend, with, by. <laughs> are we with or are we by? I'm joined. I don't know. Which, which preposition do we choose? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, today is one of those days where my language is all over the place, which means I think I'm tired. But <laughs> so welcome, Kaylee. I'm glad that you are here to dive back into God's word with me. It's always a special time to be together like this. Yeah, it really is. And and we are studying uh, this month, we're going to be studying Hebrews 12. Mm -hmm. And just to bring all of the sisters up to speed, if you're listening to this on the podcast for the first time, we have been studying only one chapter of scripture a month uh, since January of 2021. And I love it. I am so enjoying the slowed down journey. Uh, and so the Let Go and Live Bible study content, the downloads and the well-being guides that go along with it are available in the sisterhood. So some of our sisters are actually watching this on video instead of listening to the podcast. And, and the goal is this idea that we read the chapter, then we write the chapter, take as many days as it takes to write the chapter, and then pray the chapter out in handwriting it out. And man, God gets me on that every time having to change those pronouns from, you know, your children to I am your child and, you know, God as you to God as like my God mm -hmm. instead of, I, I, it just, I feel like the scriptures are coming off the pages to me and wrapping me. I don't it know if you- It just comes alive in a different manner and, and way of thinking. Yeah, it, just, it personalizes it so much more. It really does. And when I started, you know, I mapped out this journey for our year. I had particular chapters of scripture that we were going to study each month. And so far, the only month that that has been true is the first month. <laughs> so last month when we studied Romans 8, that wasn't the original intention. And I said, Lord, what do you want us to study this month? Mm -hmm. And I, I had about four or five verses that came to mind. I was in the Psalms. I was in Deuteronomy. I was in Ezekiel. And then the Lord brought me to this passage in Hebrews 12. And to me, it was a great connecting point because the Romans 8, we talked about being God's being our Abba Father. Mm -hmm. and, and we didn't spend a whole lot of time looking at that and exploring what it means that God is our father, right. but we're going to dive into that in this particular chapter. And when I read this and I thought, oh, Lord, you really do want us to sit with that. Um, and so we're going to spend the first part here on Hebrews one through 12. Uh, and, and, and then we'll see where we'll go actually one through 13. And we might get to the second half of the chapter. We might have to do this as a second part, depending upon what the Lord gives us to share. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, any thoughts about Hebrews that you want to set up for us? Well, I mean, I think most people, when we think about the book of Hebrews, like Hebrews 11 is kind of one of those hallmark passages, right? When we're talking mm -hmm. about this book and Hebrews 11 is outlining just this story of faith and kind of all of the pillars of faith that, that we look back on and that mm -hmm. we admire and we look up to and yet there's so much hope in that because mm -hmm. when you read over their stories and when you go back and study their life and and you read through the old testament 
you realize how much mm-hmm. they're regular people with regular struggles. They they rely on self too much. They fall down, and yet here they are. Um, God saying, like, these are my children who who you should look up to. And it just gives me so much hope that like he could use me in a similar way and Mm -hmm. that people could look up to me because of not because of who I am, but because of who he is in me. Mm -hmm. And the fact that like our faith really comes from in our spiritual journey in that surrender of like, Lord, you know, my heart and I love you like crazy. And I just want other people to see that. And so the missteps along the way and the times that we falter, like when we come back to that grounding faith of God, I love you. And you know, my life is yours. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what makes us that hero of faith, like Abraham and like, like Moses. Um, It's that pull and that draw Mm -hmm. and who we're surrendered to. Mm -hmm. So, you know, here's this setup from chapter 11 and then coming into 12. And that's where like, when it starts on verse one, talking about the great cloud of witnesses, yeah, um, you know, it's this, and then it's like, so what does that even mean to have all these witnesses? And I think that's where we get into like how as God's children, though, there is a level like he's molding us and he's shaping mm-hmm, us and he's mm-hmm. disciplining us. And that's the loving fatherly thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not because we've messed up or he's punishing us or we're bad children. That's that's the loving side of things. Mm-hmm. And and that's OK. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to unpack that whole mm-hmm. loving discipline training yeah. thing, because I really I really went deep into my study with that to try to understand what that means. So, so I love it that you set up the Hebrews 11, that hall of, of faith. And uh, if, if you haven't read Hebrews 11, it is a great place to mm-hmm. sit and look up each of those Bible characters and read their stories in context. And you will see the thread of God's love and purposes mm-hmm. sown throughout scripture. And a lot of um, unexpected turns and unseen promises, I feel like, you know. So verse 1 of chapter 12 says, since uh, we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. Huh. Right? I mean... Is this, this is more of that Romans passage, the, mm-hmm. the battle between the flesh and the spirit, the mm-hmm. sin that you wants to take us over and the choice we have to say yes to the Holy Spirit living in us as we submit to, to God's leading and God's purposes. And so, you know, one word that really stood out to me was shame. And the other word that stood out to me was endured. Which was the second word? Endured. Oh, endured. Okay. Right. And I wanted to know what those really mean because I just don't want to take anything for granted. And shame is one of those words that uh, 
has a lot of um, weight to it and I think a lot of misconception. And so um, the biblical definition here, or the Greek definition is a disgrace, dishonor, or a thing to be ashamed of. Okay. Um, and, and the reason, like, we're going to do a podcast episode on this at some point, I don't know when, but I, you and I have both read uh, Brené Brown's book, I Thought It Was Just Me, But It Isn't, I'm Making the Journey from What People Think to I Am Enough. And it is a book about shame. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really, at the heart of it, a book about relationships mm-hmm. and about what our desire, our biblical desire to belong Right. And to be seen and known and connected and what separates us. Right. And how language, the words we use, the way we treat people, the labels that we put on people become a source of shame and separating us. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a Bible-based book at all. Yeah. Uh, but her her insights and her research is really profound. It is. And I think is evidenced by scripture. Like there was, there weren't principles that she had that I couldn't see were also in line yeah. with what God tells us about our humanity and what we need. Right. Um, and so when I think about shame as, as separating and as disconnecting, you know, it's interesting to think of the cross, like the, the people who shamed God, shamed Jesus and the shame he endured by dying on the cross was the very thing that God used to connect us to him. Mm-hmm. Well, and remember, like the cross was the most shameful form of death, you know, yeah. the way that they would perform it and what it stood for. You know, the Romans used it as an example of like, don't you dare step over this line because if you do, guess what? You'll be like one of them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, taking days to die and just hanging out there, it was an extremely shameful form of death. Yeah. Yeah. And one he literally endured. And so the, the endure comes from the word hypomene and it means to remain, abide, not recede or flee to persevere and to bear bravely and calmly. Well, that sums up everything that Jesus did. Right. Because, I mean, like he, he, he made the choice to go through with this. He made the choice to mm-hmm. surrender to God, the father and to follow through on the plan of salvation. Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't have to. And that, you know, as you talked about the definition of endure, like he, he, he could have called down mm-hmm. angels from heaven and he could right. have been removed. And, and in fact, he was like, that was part of the temptation that Satan threw at the last minute of like right. the thief on the cross saying, I mean, save yourself save us. Like, just let's get this over with. Yeah. And so people were taunting him and egging him on to, to take that bait. And he never did. He persevered. He stuck with the, the surrender and enduring that shame. Um, and not even like, not even just the shame of the death on the cross and the pain that he was going through. But, you know, if you think about it, when we sin, like, there is shame attached to that because we know we have done wrong mm-hmm. and we feel that that's, that's the mm-hmm. conscience. And yet here was Jesus who had done nothing wrong right. ever right. in his life. And he's taking on all of our sins and that yes. whole weight of the world. And so I cannot imagine even how he felt mm-hmm. and how he was like 
processing or coping mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. through all of that, that pressure and the weight of that sin. Yeah. And knowing that that was like why he didn't feel God, the father and the separation that he was experiencing. Um, yeah. And yet he like, he, he stuck with it. Endured it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, Brené Brown describes um, that we can be shame prone or guilt prone. Mm -hmm. And, and I think what we see here, it, Jesus took on the guilt, right? The, mm -hmm. the guilt of our sin and the shame of our sin, both. And what we, when we think about our sin, it, it, the guilt of our sin should drive us to Jesus and say, you already suffered on this behalf, forgive me and enable me to make the right choice moving forward. You know, whereas I think oftentimes we run from the pain of that guilt and we run from in shame that we're embarrassed by what we've done. And then we end up continuing to carry it instead of remembering. And this is where I think it really speaks this out is this, he endured the cross disregarding its shame. He's like, no, like, I'm disregarding that. Now he's seated in the place of honor besides the throne. Think of all the hostility he endured. There's that word again mm -hmm. from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up that mm -hmm. our, our battle in the flesh is, is something that we're going to be tempted to submit to. Right. Right. And here is this reminder of don't remember what Jesus did for you there is something better for you. Well, and I love like leading into the endured and the shame because of the joy awaiting him. Yes. Well, what right. was the joy awaiting him? Yeah. Yeah. What was Eternity. awaiting him? Cause yeah. he didn't know what was beyond the grave because right. he like in that moment, I mean, you know, he was predicting throughout his ministry that he yeah. would die and be raised to life again. And yeah. yet in that moment, he didn't know what was beyond the grave because the, the sin was separating him from God, the father, and he couldn't mm -hmm. see it. And he couldn't like, he couldn't even hold on to that piece of hope. He thought it was like, that was it. And yet yeah. the joy awaiting him was the fact that we would be reunited and we would be reinstated into our rightful place as sons and daughters of God. Right. And that there would be this, you know, union again between God and man. Yeah. And like, just how self-sacrificing that is and like, and how much worth that places on who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, ah, just blow our minds, you know, and, yeah. and humble us over and over again and yeah. make us feel like that then as we kind of get into this next section, that yeah. it Go is for all it. because of love, right? I yeah. Think, you know? Yeah. The obedience. Go, go ahead and, and read, pick up at verse five there. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is teaching, is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? 
Oh. So I love this passage and I've hated this passage. Mm -hmm. Right. So many of our listeners know I grew up in a, in a emotionally and physically abusive home. Right. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting timing. I accidentally dialed my dad last night and he, I was like, Oh no, he's going to call me back. And I just felt bad because of the time of day. And he, he calls like, you meant to call me, didn't you? Cause I really wanted to hear your voice. And I was just like, yeah, dad, actually, I am glad to hear your voice. I mean, that's, that's the remarkable place that we are in our relationship yeah. is that my father's voice is comforting to me now. And it's nothing short of a miracle mm -hmm. considering what it was like and how I was raised. And, right. and so I have struggled all of my adult life, even my adolescent life in understanding this passage, because uh, how could God be like my father? Right. My father was an angry, hurting, hurtful man. Yeah. And my mother was in her own hurt and hurting places. And if I look at myself as a mom or my husband as a dad, uh, we are not perfect either. I've said things I haven't wanted to say. I've done things I wished I never done. Uh, you know, I've not been there when I wish I would have been there. Like, good night. And yet it's in this next passage. Um, verse 10 says, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years doing the best they knew how. And I, I love that God threw that in there. <laughs> this acknowledgement that our earthly parents do the best that they know how. Right. And he's a God, our heavenly father is aware of that. Yeah. It is because, I mean, I know plenty of people who struggle with this because of like you have come from a abusive or just even unkind. I mean, it doesn't even have to go far as abusive, but just an unkind or an unhealthy home mm -hmm. and and it just it affects then how we view god because it's like how does mm -hmm. what does even good discipline look like what does loving discipline look like yeah. because so much of discipline comes out of anger or frustration or mm -hmm. you know th their own hang-ups as a parents or what they went through as a yeah. kid and yeah. so what does loving discipline look like? I think that's a really good question. And, and it's a segue into both a little bit of a discussion of mental health and, and developmental milestones and the scripture. So I'm going to start with the scripture first. Um, that word discipline tells us. It means, well, it, the Greek word is paideia. And I actually know of an organization that was called Paideia. Mm -hmm. And when reading this definition, I'm like, oh, now I understand why. So it is discipline in all, the, all these times, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times the word discipline is used, if I counted correctly, right. means whole training and education of the child, uh, cultivation of mind, morals, Employs, employs a command, admonitions, reproof, and punishment, and training and care of the body. And discipline, as it relates to adults, 
cultivates the soul, especially by correcting mistakes and curbing passions, instructions with aim and increasing virtue. I think, and, and the definition used the word punishment, but I think that's where we typically land and that's what the thing that we focus on or think of when we think of discipline right. versus the idea of like training and instruction and teaching that has a whole different connotation. It does. And interestingly, in the, in the horse training world, of course, I've got to go there. We, we use um, positive and negative reinforcement. Right. And in positive negative reinforcement, it's it's also an applied behavior analysis. It's parenting, right? Mm -hmm. And so punishment can be positive or negative, but that refers to the positive is the adding of something and the negative is the removal of something. Mm -hmm. So negative punishment would be me saying to my twins, if you don't get the uh, essays written by Thursday for the scholarship application, I will be removing your cell phones from your possession, right. <laughs> right? That is the threat of negative punishment. And it's fair because I'm giving advance notice. I'm not doing it out of anger. And I'm saying this is going to be the right. consequence of this action. Um, positive punishment. Um, I can't, let's see if I can think of something. It's the adding on of something. Mm -hmm. So that would be, if you don't get this done, negative punishment, the removal of the phone, positive punishment is you will also be scrubbing the tile in the bathroom with a toothbrush, right? Like, so that would be, you know, which I have never made them do. I have made them do the hallway. Uh, that would be a form of positive punishment because it's adding something to them in order for them to feel the consequence, Okay. right? So punishment can be a really good tool to do this training, <laughs> right? But but the it has to be done in a way that is respectful and right. compassionate and empathetic. Mm -hmm. And there has to be kindness and mercy involved. Like it is punishment is negative or discipline is is not negative, is harmful when it is intending to wound. Right. Right. And shame. I mean, maybe we are doing this podcast on shame right now. I mean, shame, shame is wounding. It is the yeah. belittling, the embarrassment, the humiliation, the isolation. The So if you take that parenting situation and you ridicule that child in front of their peers, right. that is not a punishment, discipline, the way God disciplines us. That's how... A human who is broken, who is scared, right. who's feeling vulnerable or threatened or overwhelmed punishes, FY, you know, disciplines. Correct. Right. right. I mean, in all of, you know, Jesus's interactions, you never saw him telling somebody, well, you're such a horrible person or, or, yeah. or and it doesn't even have to go that far, but like, I can't believe you did that. Like that right. shame language. Um, right. and, and that's talking down to somebody or how could you be so stupid or how dare you have made that decision? Jesus never entered into that. It was like my child and, and there's a better way, or I love you, or, mm -hmm. you know, go and send no more, but it wasn't a, I can't believe you did this before, because that is then a cutting onto our character and who we are yeah. instead of like just dealing with the situation. Right. Um, it's an entirely different language and communication yeah. style, what God, 
how God communicates with us is the example. And, and, you know, the, the research shows we learn enough bad information by age four to shape us for the rest of our life. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that, and this goes back to, I mean, we know it, right? The Bible says that why should we be like Christ and to mm-hmm. follow and understand his character? Because it, he knows like it, it yes. makes such a difference and it benefits us because it benefits every single relationship we're in. Exactly. When we respond with love and kindness and, and forgiveness. And mm-hmm. I mean, you really could just go through the fruits of the spirit with self-control yes. and right. um, all of those, when those are part of who we are, and then that comes out in the way that we interact with mm-hmm. our coworkers or our family or our children, mm-hmm. it results in healthy relationships and healthy interactions yeah. and that discipline which then takes on the form of teaching and training yeah. mm-hmm. versus what we end up like you know the american punishment like I, yeah. I really feel like that's i mean it's the western well and maybe not even western yeah. maybe it's an eastern thing but like just that idea of oop you did this then bam that hammer is coming down yeah instead of like you did this let's learn from that yeah <laughs> what worked, what didn't work, you know, how did that impact your relationship? How did that, are you happy with the outcome? You know, that is teachable and that's trainable. That's not a like, how dare you? I know. Well, and one of the things I read in my studies recently, and I I can't remember where, if it was in my textbook, but um, an apology by a parent Mm -hmm. is, is key to restoring the relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. So this, this, we can cling to this promise that doing the best they knew how the minute we become knowledgeable about what we're doing, that is not helpful. We have the opportunity to change and make a new choice. And with the Holy spirit alive and living in us, we have that opportunity. There's, I want to mention this from a, from a psychology perspective, there's a theory of attachment. Uh, and some people subscribe to it and some people don't. I subscribe to attachment theory. And it's that the nature of our relationship with our primary caregiver through infancy and early childhood uh, impacts the way we relate with people throughout the rest of our lives. Right. Um, and so I will put some links in the, the Let Go and Live Bible study for people to kind of explore this on their own. But the idea is that Uh, we can end up with very secure attachments when our primary caregiver is there to meet our emotional and physical needs, especially under any sort of threat of harm. So the challenge, however, is that most primary caregivers are struggling with their own stuff, coming out of their own broken places in their own emotional overwhelm, whether it be, you know, mama struggling with postpartum depression that's not diagnosed and supported, or there is stress with a working full-time job to try to pay the bills, or there's unhealed wounds from their own childhood and it's being triggered as now they enter into this motherhood. And so you can end up with what's called insecure attachments. Mm -hmm. And those insecure attachments carry those relationship patterns throughout adulthood unless challenged. Right. And so this, I feel like studying this passage is an invitation to look at who God, the father says he is and how he goes about training up a child, us 
you know, if he's our Abba, we're his child, Mm -hmm. his way versus what was it really like with my dad on earth? What was it really like with my mom in my early childhood? How has that shaped the way I relate to other people? And how does that shape the way I relate to God and even how I relate to myself? Right. So I think often, since I started studying all this stuff, about the the need to be in control for those who struggle with wanting to be in control or those who feel like they need to be perfect. Or for me, what came out in my prayer time this morning is like, I can be very hyper vigilant and want to get ahead of potential problems and and not be blindsided by what I don't see coming. And so very self-protecting. And, and the Lord really spoke to me this morning. He's like, Lisa, I got your back. Like, mm-hmm. I, you're not that little girl that has to anticipate your mom and dad being upset and trying to figure out how you're going to get around their anger at that moment. And yet, honestly, Kaylee, like to this day, there is, it's still in my body Um, to, to live that way of how do I get ahead of God getting mad at me? Right. Hmm. Right. And yeah it's it's amazing how much he has to cope with like with us and (laughs) broken we are and I think that's the other piece though is that like I think sometimes I know I can fall into feeling guilty or bad for like receiving the instruction even like we're not going to call it punishment but like Mm -hmm. that man, I've, I've messed up and I I shouldn't have to be dealing with this or, you know, what's wrong with me. And I think we can use all of those kind of language, but again, that is all shame language. And it's just built in from the system. And it's really built in from the enemy, because if he can keep us locked into how dare you, and you're, you're so beneath anything and you don't deserve to be loved all this kind of stuff we miss out on the training and instruction right when you look at it in you know an altruistic like standpoint Mm -hmm. like we never i mean Mm -hmm. well i shouldn't say never that's a broad statement right but you know a little kid in kindergarten who you're teaching to do basic skills or teaching to read like there's a sweetness about that right because they don't mm-hmm. know something and you're helping them to do it and the teachers or whoever might be sitting with them like there's just a genuine sweetness about that mm-hmm. why should we think any differently about certain things that we struggle with that god is that patient and that that caring and and you know calm with us mm-hmm. because he knows that we don't understand it and that we're coming from different places Mm -hmm. and he's willing to patiently like sit there with us and walk us through. And after we walk through one thing, we're probably going to need to be taught something else. Yeah. But this idea of that, it is about the teaching and the training and that that's not a bad thing. Mm -mm. No. And it's interesting. So that word training, well, we're going to get to it. Um, Let's, let's read, let's pick up at verse 10 and I'm going to read through 13. For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, but afterwards there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out 
a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. So here's some more definitions for us to, to really mm-hmm. sink into. Trained is gymnasio. It's where we get our word gym from. Oh, yeah. And it, it literally means to exercise vis- vigorously, either the body or mind. So like training, we're training our minds right now. What, who does God say he is? What are his promises about? And how is he calling us to live? Right. And if we don't spend the time thinking about this and thinking about our frame of reference versus God's frame of reference, we're forsaking training. Right. Right. But I I think about this with my horseback riding because I thought I knew how to ride. (laughs) I really did. And I started taking lessons with a really fantastic trainer in August and and quickly discovered I had no idea what I was doing. Not only that, I had no muscles in my body. I don't know how I could be a standing human being. Like I couldn't feel, she would be like, you know, you know, have contact on the saddle with your seat bones. And I'm like, I can't find my seat bones. They're like your bones, like in your butt, you know? And I'm like, I don't know where they are and I have some padding there, but I didn't think I had that much. <laughs> like, like I, I, I there, there, I've had to go. And each week I go for this riding lesson and she's building one principle onto another. Yeah. And I'm learning how to find balance in my seat and how to move just my ankle, not my whole leg. And I'm learning how to hold my wrist differently and my arms differently and my hands and, and all of this and this past lesson, so this is after six months, past lesson, uh, she's she's like, Lisa, and I'm like, I know my right hand. And and, I, and she, a couple of minutes like, Lisa, you're, yeah, I know my left foot. And, you know, Lisa, I know I need to move my shoulder back. And she's like, it's amazing. You're getting it. Like, and and I am, I'm getting it, but it's training. Yeah. It's wow. totally training. Well, and as you said that, though, like how how much as we go through our spiritual journey, does it become towards that of like God's like, hey, Lisa or hey, Kaylee. And you're like, yep, I know. (laughs) I know I am taking a, you know, I'm turning off or whatever. And because we've become now we've developed that relationship and we've become closer and and we we know his voice more. And like we're at a different spot. And the training doesn't stop then. It no. just like extends into kind of an, uh, something else because right. now he's taken us further and it's like, okay, there's a few right. other things that we can work on or have you understood this part of my character? And and so it just, and that's where I think we find, like if we can yeah, take a step back and find joy in the journey. Yep, yep. Yeah. I mean, are you finding joy in the process of learning? But I think it's that yeah. whole like speed up. I got to get there. Like, well, yeah. Right already. Or I should know, I should know how to be a Christian already, a follower of God. And it's like, what, what happens if we sit back? I think at one point in time you told me, cause I don't remember what I was processing through and you're like, just live, like just breathe and just live. And it was yeah. like, yeah, what is my, why am I like, yeah. Go, 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 or I've got to do this, or I've got to yeah. fix that. You know, it's like, okay, it's not a marathon. I mean, it's right. a marathon. It's not a sprint. Right, right. And, and you know, in my writing, I'm like, what am I doing? Where am I going with this? How am I going to get there? What's the end goal? And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to let my body find its next bit of strength. And, right. and then once I get to that place of strength and intuitiveness, 
then I'm going to build on that next thing. And it's like coming together. But this is the thing about it coming together for us spiritually and physically. We don't know that it's coming together until after it started to come together. (laughs) Right. And, and I find it's like the days before the click that we despair the most Mm -hmm. because it feels like it's never going to get there. I'm never going to develop emotionally. I'm never going to get stronger spiritually. I, I, I am going to be this messed up, freaked out, clumsy, you know, falling all over the place Christian for the rest of my life, because look at how I've been so far. And, and that's not what God is saying. He's like, no, we're going to go into this training. And it really does is interesting. I hear Caitlin, my trainer's voice in my ear telling me what to do before I'm doing it mm-hmm. because I've been tuned into her. Right. Right. And that is what God wants with us. He wants us to be tuned into him. And last night I, I was sitting at dinner with the family and I went to repeat something to them. And as my mouth was opening, I was like, well, and mm, no. And they're like, what? I'm like, I think that would have been gossip. And the kids were like, what? Just tell us. And Stephen's like, no. (laughs) And I was like, right. Thank you for being the second Holy Spirit in my life. I don't need to say what I was going to say. But it was the sensitivity of the Lord saying, this is not a beneficial thing to mention right now. So you're going to keep this between you and me. Yeah. So kind of, I went back even deeper on this. You know, we talked about, the discipline, the trained, I found, I always find it interesting when the translation of scripture is in, in the English language is different than the translation of English when you look up the Hebrew or the Greek. Mm -hmm. So the, um, the verse that says here, make a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. Right. Is written in the Greek translation and make straight paths for your feet so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. Hmm. That changes the context of it. Doesn't it? And yeah. lame, what does lame mean? It means deprived of a foot, maimed. Hmm. There's a visual. Mm-hmm. Out of joint is turned, twisted, dislocated. Uh, oh, I can't even read my handwriting. Um, avoid, um, oh, when you shun a thing or avoid meeting or associating with one. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. If we start thinking about limb, lame, body of Christ, those who are weak, out of joint, those who aren't connected in, shunned, to be healed is to cure, to heal to make whole, which is interesting, Mm -hmm. and to free from errors and sins and to bring about one salvation. Well, that goes back to the training. And I mean, like with the teaching that. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you said it was, I mean, there was, wasn't there another with the discipline um, definition about being whole? Yeah, to um, in adults, uh, to cultivate the soul, especially by correcting mistakes and curbing passions, instructions which aim at increasing virtue. And, you know, it's this whole training of the body and the, and the mind, the whole person. 
And so this discipline, you know, God is saying, okay, now take this with your tired hands, put a new grip and strengthen your weak knees, mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fail, but to become strong. But this sounds this very, you know, who, who are those? And those are, are the people in the body that are really broken, like lamed, dislocated, shunned, who need to come into the body and be made whole. Mm -hmm. So suddenly this whole passage, which we think is all about us individually, actually is, is about us as the body of Christ. And and like when we are healthy and whole, like that's what, I mean, God said, why did he have 12 people that he was pouring into and they were so broken in their own ways. And then he's like, go forth, make disciples, Mm -hmm. because the whole idea of disciple making is about training, training alongside mentoring and making whole. And is there a correlation between, I mean, like the word disciple and discipline? I, you know, yeah, we should look, I don't know off the top. It didn't come up in my okay. studies. But, you know, again, I can't, I think that that coming alongside and that leading mm. and teaching, yeah, um, it's such an important component to growing all of us into who God says yeah. that we are. Yeah. Yeah. And acknowledging acknowledging that the discipline that God will allow us to endure at times is to reveal the places of brokenness that need healing. Right. And when we're in that place, this is my, my new, like pounding the pavement passion is that if you and I were diagnosed with cancer Mm -hmm. or heart failure, we would go to a doctor and undergo treatment. Yep. Right. And we would go because there were symptoms Maybe our breathing is irregular. Maybe we're having, you know, intestinal issues. Like whatever the pre-symptoms are to those things, we would end up at the doctor because of our symptoms, get the diagnosis, and then explore the treatment options and then go through treatment, right? So, so much of our brokenness that appears before God has to do with the state of our soul and the state of our mind and our emotions, right? It housed within the body. And so much of that is the brain is an organ, yep. the, the soul, the heart in God's definition is the seat of passions and desires. Mm-hmm. And so we, there are doctors out there. There are counselors and therapists yeah. and psychiatrists uh, and coaches who are created by God to be part of the healing work of the body yes. as much as there are pastors who are shepherding and, you know, ministry leaders who are discipling, like, and so I, I really am fighting against the stigma in the church that I, and I've heard it from women directly. I'm not just like labeling like all church, all Christians, but I am seeing this in the women who are writing to me and who are leaving comments on posts that I've written that they need to faith their way out of their emotional struggles. And, and whether that's Bible study or prayer or fasting and yes, do, do, do. I mean, that is the equivalent of exercise and, uh, you know, taking your vitamins and brushing your teeth. Like these are essential foundational pieces to being a follower of Jesus Christ, a hundred percent. And yet there are times that we will take our physical body to that doctor 
And we need to take our emotional body to that doctor. If the discipline that God is allowing us to experience is revealing things where we are dislocated and maimed that need healing. No, I'm so with you. And, and I do, you know, with the, the teenagers I work with and Mm -hmm. sometimes the stigmas that their parents are like, there's no way I'm sending you to a counselor. You're fine. And it's like, no, they're not fine. No, they're not fine. They they need to process certain things. And, and, and I do, I think that's one of the sad things that comes out of the church at times of like, well, you're not praying enough or you're not having faith enough. Well, like you said, those are pieces to it. You don't ever let go of it, but God has given us resources just as much as he's given us, like you said, a physician who in medication now to treat cancer. We don't turn up our nose at that because we're like, oh, well, yeah, faith. Yeah. Yeah. And there are so many different ways to handle yeah. a mental health disorder. Not, I think there's a fear that the, that the medication is going to be the answer and the person's just going to be hooked on right. these crazy drugs. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, like at least the counselors that I've worked with or talked to, like that's a last resort, you know, Absolutely. And again, you know, this is another PSA, but like you go to a counselor until you find the one that you feel comfortable yes. with, that you connect with, that you feel comfortable with their philosophies and their treatment. And you ask yeah. that up front, like, yeah. You know, are you a Christian? Do you, if that's important to you, yeah. you know, do you base your counsel on, on biblical and scientific yeah. knowledge and you, you find somebody that you're okay with working with and then yeah. you move forward because everything, honestly, that as we were talking earlier, like I kept thinking it's cognitive behavior therapy. Yes. Like it is so much of, of retraining the way we think. Yes. And, and we've talked about this, you know, from other passages of being transformed. Yeah. And, and and how we process things yeah that's half of it right and it's just approaching it in a different way and understanding in a in a healthy mindset versus letting our fears take over Mm -hmm. or um yeah approaching from from that side of things absolutely i'll put a link in the show notes to a online counseling company that i recommend we're affiliates with and I support them because I've used them personally for my own therapy and they're Christian based. So the counselor that I was matched with was a believer, but also was really well educated and had her license and was able to say, Hey, your symptoms match this. Mm -hmm. And this is how we can go about treatment. And four sessions later, massive breakthrough with the Lord. And and I'm in such a healthier place now as a result of it. I mean, and this happened in the last year, right? Like, like this isn't, oh, this, this must have been Lisa a long time ago. No, 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 this is pretty recent, <laughs> you know? And I'm, I'm super grateful for the support that God provides. And that is what, interestingly enough, it happened at the same time that my back went out and I was physically out of alignment. Uh, and I was, my joints were out of place and it was a no doubt that the Lord used that to, to wake me up and slow me down and say, Mm -hmm. you need to tend to your physical body and we're going to tend to your spiritual life right now because you have the eyes to see what I'm doing. And I need you to walk through this process to go back to the beginning of this passage, to run that race. My eyes needed to be reshifted onto Jesus Mm -hmm. instead of on the problems that I was walking through. And 
you know, this whole time as I'm looking next to your picture, I have a collage on my desktop and the upper right corners is Jesus. And I just, I keep looking at that. I'm like, yeah, it, Jesus is our savior. He mm-hmm. is our healer. He is our restorer and our redeemer. But even the scriptures acknowledge he is the head of the body. And we are many parts of that body that are meant to come together uh, for his glory and for his healing work. Yeah. Goodness. Okay. So we're only going to do the first part of this. (laughs) All right. I mean, we're at this really awesome long conversation and we've got another, you know, 15 verses that we are not going to rush through. So ladies um, and men, if you're listening, you're going to get to spend two months in Hebrews 12. Uh, So we'll do April will be the first part and uh, May will be the second part of Hebrews 12. And we pray that like, here's my prayer as I've been praying through this is that this is where the revival will begin Mm -hmm. in your heart. That meeting Jesus as your savior and God as your father in the wholeness of that will be the the what you need i can't even find the word to let go and live in in the fullness of christ i mean this is where the vision for breakthrough is going to start to take shape and and there is going to have to be a a, a health checkup an emotional right. spiritual and physical checkup that you can do over these next 30 days and and make that appointment if you need to make that and you know they could you can make an appointment and start with a, a more to be coach as an option. And all of my coaches have been trained to discern if you need counseling or therapy. Right. And so that one, well, those are the same things, counseling or coaching. Um, so that one, you know, fee for the discovery session can lead into either choosing to work with that coach or choosing to, um, go meet with your pastor or go into counseling, but at least we can kind of come alongside and say, all right, here's some support as you embrace what God's doing in, yeah. in your training and discipline. Exactly. That's awesome. Kaylee, will you close us up in prayer? I'd love to. Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your unfailing love for us and for the fact that you call us your children and that you honestly care about us so much that you are willing to train us up because you desire for us to live a um like an abundant life Mm -hmm. you desire the best for us and part of the best is going through discipline and so we ask that you would help us to each embrace that and to not run away from it because we know that you are good you are a good father who who has our best interest in mind. And so the discipline that you bring into our life is for our benefit. Mm -hmm. Help us to rest in that, help us to take the steps that we need in order to become healthier. And thank you for for this time together. And thank you ultimately for your word and for all that it teaches us. In your name we pray, amen. amen.